Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 30th of July. Coming up, we hear from local farmers as Boris Johnson claims they'll be better off after Brexit. The NFU would like a deal to be negotiated with the EU um, before we... Brexit. In a no-deal situation, that could be quite devastating for our our industry. Expert says cannabis could be legalised within a few years. We need to think very carefully about how to do it, how to regulate it, what controls to put in place in order to protect public health. And community garden transformed thanks to Project Kent. I saw this place as a massively overgrown environment and just to see what the staff have managed to do in four days, I'm just super impressed with the effort and energy that everyone's put in. Kent Online News. First today, Boris Johnson's been trying to reassure farmers about a no-deal Brexit. The Prime Minister's been in South Wales aiming to convince them they'll be better off once the UK scrapped the common agricultural policy and signed new trade deals, which he says will allow them to sell more around the world. Phil's been chatting to Toby Williams, who runs a farm near Dartford and is chair of the Kent branch of the National Farmers Union. Farmers were, were split equally, sort of almost as the, as the general public were when it came to, to Brexit, I believe. Um, so Boris Johnson's um, view on Brexit, I think he probably, like most people, would like a deal and certainly as the NFU would like a, like a deal to, uh, to, to be negotiated with the EU um, before we Brexit. Um, so if in a no-deal situation, that could be quite devastating for our, our industry um, here in farming. Um, farming, um, the farming industry grows obviously food for millions and millions of people and underpins the biggest industry in the UK, food and drink, um, in, worth about £120 billion to the economy and employing, employing a lot of people. Um, so we're really looking for a deal um, so that farmers uh, farmers trade trade uh, routes or routes to market are preserved because obviously we export quite a lot of land products and things like that so they the the UK or the UK farming industry or and the NFU are calling on it for, for the government to have a deal with the EU and, and not a no deal brexit and just tell us about what some of the implications are of a no deal is it more than just uncertainty is there sort of immediate impacts on your business well uh, again in, in a uncertainty sort of situation yes it is uncertainty before we actually brexit it, it is now everything's uncertain so um if it was a no deal situation you we we don't know exactly what would happen but from all the available evidence it looks as though you know, we could have a situation where um our exports are affected um which are very important to some sectors of the of the farming industry and also we don't want to we depending on the on the future trade deals that we do as a country we don't want to undermine our own very high standards of production here animal welfare environmental standards we don't want to allow products produced to lower standards in to compete without our products here in the UK. And of course you've got um, some pickers here and some workers who are from abroad. Um, do you think it's been more challenging since Brexit in order to bring people in or do you think you know their their jobs are secure, their jobs are safe and at least you know that you've got that as uh, to sort of sit back on? So on the labour issue, um, Brexit, like we've just said, has caused uncertainty in every part of everyone's lives I think slightly, or the, the not knowing wh- which way we're going. 
um, not the fact that we're Brexiting, but whether it's deal or no deal. Um, so that has had some effect on, on workers coming here to the U UK to undertake very important jobs on farms, very uh, important jobs where we need people here to harvest crops that need picking every day. Um, and going forward into the future, yeah, we, we you know, there is an, uh, an absolute need for those, those um, UK jobs for agriculture and for horticultural jobs. And um, the, uh, yeah, so Brexit, we'd like to see the future immigration policy um, fit for purpose and to, to represent and understand the needs of our industry. Do you fear that maybe this country, you know, doesn't look like that much of an attractive prospect to people who maybe want to come and work abroad? You know, before Brexit, they would have said this is a welcoming place to come and they were happy to work. But now maybe if they feel they're not wanted, they might not want to come. I think there may have been some of that straight after the referendum. But our, our workers here on the on the farm, we've got workers from Europe. Um, we, we don't feel that with them as a business. We, you know, we're, we've, we're, we're very um, open and, and liberal on things like that. So and they're they're they come here they work we we need them to come here and do undertake a job they want to earn money they come here and do the work and just as finally as the boss do you think you ever needed to you know do you ever feel the need to reassure the, the people that work here and you know sort of tell them you know your your futures are safe and you are secure here yeah i think there is a there is a need for, for that and then going on into the future as i said you know the the UK government have got to understand as an industry we need people here on the ground doing the work so there is that that ultimate um understanding of our industry that's required in the, in any future uh, immigration policy um, again going back to talking about about um, about the, the confidence of workers coming here yeah sure you know we have to look like that we, we actually want people here we don't want to look as though we're a closed country if we've got jobs to be done and we need people here to do it then we, we welcome them with open arms um, the only other thing on the on the people coming here to do with the uncertainty of Brexit is obviously the value of sterling that has an effect on you know when obviously workers take money home and it's it changed up you know it has a it has a slight lower value if our if the value of the pound has dropped so that that does have an effect and people might be encouraged to go work in other countries um, where the exchange rate is, is better for them. David Figgis is from Way Street Farm near Faversham. He's also worried about the lack of seasonal workers from Europe. Just firstly tell us um, about the recruitment process that you go through to get these guys here and how many you've got working for you at the moment. At the moment I think we've got 49 people from Eastern Europe plus obviously English staff. This year the availability of European labour is becoming very very difficult there is really no unemployment now in Europe so as such Europe has worked the classic quote was from one of my Bulgarian staff who says David you won't get Bulgarians to work on the farm we use Ukrainians and I believe Britain is now only one of two countries left that still is only employing European labour most of the countries now are employing Ukrainians Moroccans or even Filipinos. Do you feel the fact that Brexit, well the actual Brexit date, keeps getting pushed back? Of course we were supposed to have left by now but now it's uh, end of October. Um, do you feel that, that kind of uncertainty for you know people in the agricultural business is an absolute logistical nightmare? Well regarding labour, Brexit is not a problem. The, the shortage with labour was occurring long before Brexit. The amount of Eastern Europeans working in Germany or Britain is enormous. Of course, most of the Poles and Latvians and Lithuanians have gone home because their own economies are booming so well. And 
the availability of labour is not so much a Brexit problem as the success of the economics of the of Europe. You know, obviously, have you actually felt any impacts of Brexit or is it more just uncertainty? I think the biggest problem from a Labour point of view has been the crash in the pound, meaning that our wages are not as great for them to take home as they were, which is why some of the marketing companies are now struggling to buy products from outside of Europe, from Europe or from further afar because they're too expensive for the British supermarket. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a drug driver from Dartford who killed a motorcyclist when his car veered into another lane has been jailed for more than three years. A court heard Luke McCurleen had been smoking cannabis the night before the crash happened last October and the victim died in hospital 10 days later. The 35-year-old from Salisbury Road admitted causing death by careless driving. A former Kent police officer who lied about being attacked by a gang which didn't exist has been jailed for 15 months. Michael Tovell was sacked by the force after misusing his radio to call for help while in a graveyard in Ramsgate last year. The 46-year-old from Margate Road in Ramsgate has been found guilty of perverting the course of justice. A prisoner has died after a fire broke out in a cell at Swaleside on the Isle of Sheppey. An investigation has been launched after it happened yesterday. 33-year-old Christian Hinckley was serving a sentence for GBH. Kent Online News. A Kent expert says cannabis could be legalised in the UK within the next few years. It's after a cross-party group of MPs visited Canada to see how it's being dealt with there after the drug was decriminalised last year. They're now calling for the changes to be made here so its strength is reduced, it's labelled and properly organised. Alex Stevens is a Professor in Criminal Justice at the Uni of Kent. I suppose it's anyone's guess as to what's going to happen politically over the next three weeks, let alone the next 10 years. But if the politicians catch up with the public, which does seem to show increasing support for legalisation, then it's possible that cannabis will be legalised in the next few years. The key question here is not so much whether we should legalise cannabis, but how we should do it. Because there's lots of ways you could legalise cannabis, from having quite a free market model, such as has been done in Colorado, where you allow advertising and the price to drop, compared to Uruguay, where it's a very strict state-controlled regime. So as I said, we need to think very carefully about how to do it, how to regulate it, what controls to put in place in order to protect public health. Well, the ACMD, which is the advisory council that's there statutorily to advise the government on the classification of drugs, has, for example, suggested that cannabis should be in Class C of the Misuse of Drugs Act. It's currently in Class B. It's also advised that ecstasy or MDMA should be in Class B of the Misuse of Drugs Act, but the government is keeping it in Class A. So we do need a fundamental review of both the act and of the classification system that's used. Well, we've seen in the past, for example, when alcohol was legalised in America after prohibition, We did see a reduction in organised crime and the violence associated with that. We saw a gradual increase in the use of alcohol, especially as alcohol became appetised, and that was associated with public health problems like liver damage. Now, the association between cannabis and other mental health problems is less clear than the association between alcohol and liver damage, for example. But it is possible that if a form of legalisation that allowed cannabis use or even promoted cannabis use to increase then we might see increased public health problems associated with that. It's true that most people who use so-called harder drugs have used cannabis first, but they've also used Mars bars and milk before they've used heroin or cocaine. 
So the gateway theory, even though it's widely promoted, is not very scientifically sound. In our poll on Twitter, 55% of you said it should be legalised. These people in Medway told us what they think. I think that the drug can be used for good for certain people, like with epilepsy, people with certain disabilities. But I don't think uh, outright just making it legal because it can lead to other things and destroy people's lives. I would legalise it and tax it, then they could take some of the active ingredients out of it and make it less strong because I think people are having psychotic problems with it because it's so strong, the active ingredients much stronger than it ever used to be. It will be more disaster than good and the more people are access to the cannabis like uh, youngster. Uh, already most of the youngsters are in, in uh, use of cannabis or something like I don't know what it's a smelly drug. If it's for medical reasons, yes, but apart from that, no. I don't think any drug should be made legal. You make it legal. Make it legal now. It's, it's common sense. The rest of the world's going the same way. Um, look at history. Alcohol was tried to ban in America, and they couldn't do it because it doesn't make sense. You just make giving money to the bad people in the world. Kent Online reports. A second man's been charged after a man was attacked with a knife in Dartford. The victim was left with facial injuries after it happened in Hilltop Gardens in Temple Hill in May. A 36-year-old is now facing three charges, while another 44-year-old man's due to go on trial in October. A Kent family's been told to remove a plastic headstone which has an image of Spider-Man from a four-year-old boy's grave. Ollie Jones from Maidstone died in December and was a huge fan of the superhero, but Disney's refused to give the family permission to use an image of the character. The local council have now also told them to take down the temporary headstone. More than 140,000 people have signed a petition calling for the film giant to reconsider. Kent Online News. Now on World Friendship Day, we're being encouraged to say hello to someone new. A campaign called It Matters to Natter is urging everyone to start a conversation with people we wouldn't normally speak to. Luke's been finding out more from Wendy Pfeiffer, who's in charge of it all. We're trying to get people to talk to each other a little bit more. Um, instead of having their heads in the phone all the time, we're just trying to get people to have a simple conversation. It hasn't got to be a long one. It can be a quick, hello, how are you? That's all we're asking. And it's called It Matters to Natter. We're on social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter and Instagram telling you all the news stories that are happening today. And we're also going to be on KMTV this evening, so we'll talk about it then. And it is as simple as just trying to get people to communicate a little bit more with each other. How many people are getting involved in what different organisations? Oh, we've had so many people get involved. We're really, really lucky. Just That's where social media comes in, obviously. Um, we've had Maidstone Mind. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head. We've had the Makaton community, so that's teaching sign language and also the British Sign Language um, team in Maidstone have got involved as well. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. We've got some lovely videos showing people how they can say hello using sign. And I even tried it myself, so I think there's one of me on there too. <laughs> And you've got organisations like Caremark getting involved? Yeah, Caremark. We have our monthly coffee morning at Caremark um, in Maystone, so they're here today as well to help um, spread the word and give out some leaflets. And what we're doing with our It Matters to Natter leaflets, 
we're handing one to somebody and then we're saying asking them to pass on that to somebody else so that we're spreading the word. Kent Online reports. We're being warned to take extra care with inflatables at the beach this summer after the Coast Guard helicopter was called to reports of people drifting out to sea off the Kent coast. Lifeboat crews and paramedics were also sent to Thanet yesterday afternoon and found the people safe and well on the shore. A man's been charged after allegedly breaking into a shop in Tunbridge Wells, eating ice cream and stealing chocolate bars. Police were called to reports of an intruder at Creams in Grosvenor Road in the early hours of Saturday. A 24-year-old's due in court in September accused of burglary. A community garden in Maidstone has received a magical makeover thanks to this year's Project Kent. A team of volunteers from Kent Reliance have teamed up with KMFM to give the land used by Shepway Chariots a bit of TLC, as well as making the green space an area where local people can grow fruit and veg. An indoor space used for a children's club has also been transformed. Our KMFM presenters went along last week to get involved. I'm Emma Jo from The Hit List on KMFM and I am here with Andy Golding, the CEO of One Savings Bank and Kent Reliance. Andy, so, so lovely to meet you, you. especially here in this beautiful garden today. Um, why is it so important for you to get involved with this project at Kent Reliance? I think I think for a couple of reasons. One, we know from feedback from our staff that they love getting involved in things which are about helping out in the local community. Uh, everyone has uh, access to a volunteering day during the year and we really encourage people to use it. Secondly, I think you know when you run a business it's important that you try and be a good citizen in the community in which you operate. It's very easy for a business to kind of write a cheque and say here's a donation but actually to get a bunch of your staff involved in really genuinely helping for us we think as, as well as writing a cheque clearly uh, we think that really makes a difference. Definitely and that's why it's so lovely especially that you're obviously down here today. I know you've already had a chance to look around yeah. the garden. What has been your favourite bit that you've seen uh, so far? I'm kind of stood by it, so, so I'm quite fascinated by the whole beekeeping thing. Um, the, you know, there's a theory that bees may even come into this hive naturally before they're introduced, and I think that would be great. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to start doing a bit of googling and see Ooh. if I might want to put a hive in my own garden. Oh, definitely! We're all about saving the bees, aren't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, what what are you taking home from this experience here today, Andy? Well, other than the beehive, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Um, I, I just think, you know, it, it's been today particularly the hottest day of the year. Um, you know, it's been a tough environment for people to get stuck in. But actually, I, you know, I saw this place as a grown, you know, massively overgrown environment. And just to see what the staff have managed to do in four days this week. Um, I'm just super impressed with the effort and energy that everyone's put in, so I think that's fantastic. Oh, definitely. Well, it's really, really lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming down here today. And we just hope that the garden thrives and so do the bees. Us too. And finally today, the show only finished last night, but one of the stars of Love Island has already confirmed he's coming to Kent. Tommy Fury, who finished second with Molly May, will be at Gallery Nightclub in Maidstone in September. The younger brother of boxing champion Tyson will be doing a meet and greet. That's it for now but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.